everyone. Welcome to Inside Sports Dead in Goal podcast number 72. 72? Yeah, if you can believe that. <laughs> I'm James Smith and this is Jeff Centenera. How are you going, Jeff? I'm well. I'm I, you know, <sighs> filling my usual role of screaming at the number <laughs> like, like a hype man. That was a very tired I'm well. <laughs> Just about ready to wrap this up for the uh, year. What's, what's your favourite expression, James? You know, Put Q, Q, Q in the rack. Q in the rack for the Q year. Q in the rack yeah. for the year. We, uh, we did well. We, we went... Uh, what, what was it? Two months now since the grand final. Yeah, it is. Two months. Yeah, okay. start of October. Yeah, start of December. December. There you go. Yeah, yeah. it's about what we did last year, wasn't it, with the World Cup? In fact, we, we kept saying, the World we, Cup is what drove us in. You know, yeah, drove us you know, to that point. Yeah, can only imagine what it's like for the players, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, plenty they get sick and tired of playing football. That's <laughs> not so much playing football as the training for football. We say that you know in terms of long off seasons and so forth. But yeah. you know, we, as we all know, they're back at training. We're all back at training today. I don't get even it. Even, even when Bennett turned up to you know somebody else's training. <laughs> <laughs> as I was saying, when's Darius going to turn up when's at Redfern? When's Darius going to turn up at Redfern? <laughs> yeah. Why I, I don't understand. I can understand the fitness junk miles that they all put in yep. around about this time. Mm. But I've been seeing footballs being thrown around mm. um, at various different training sort of sessions and video, you know, snippets on Twitter and stuff. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand what you can be doing with a ball now is going to help you at the start of March. It is such a long time away, you know, relatively. It's, I, I think it's a use it or lose it principle. Like yeah, I, was, no, I, was, yeah. I was having a conversation with a... Uh, an assistant coach in that other football code and yeah. asked him, why do, you, why do you start now? Like really, what is the value of, of starting now? Yeah. Uh, particularly because, you know, you break for Christmas. So don't you, don't you really kind of lose a lot of it, kind of winding back? And he says, mm. yeah, you do, but uh, yeah, it, it'd be worse if you, <laughs> if you just came back in January and you, you didn't have kind of this, yeah. this little bit of base kind of before then. Yeah. I think it's also, in some, in some respects, it's a bit of a discipline thing, isn't it? Like, if you can kind of get the get the guys to, yeah, kind of stick to, to a routine and to a bit of rigour, I reckon, through, like, November, December, I think it makes it easier for when they've got to get into it, you know, back in yeah, January, February, and then into the into the season. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, yeah. Essence of professionalism, you know. No, that's Professional, true. that thing that rugby league's been for, you know. More than a hundred years. <laughs> no, but it's true. I like honoring, it. And, honoring and contracts and you know taking oh, money, look out. taking money for their services. Look out! Don't go there. Yeah. Um, but and the thing is too, like everybody else is doing it. If you if you yeah, decide that yeah, your, yeah. your players aren't going to do it, but the other fifteen are, then you're going to be behind the eight ball. Yeah, there's a there's a powerful conf- yeah pa- there's a powerful uh, effect to conform. I think particularly in football uh, in football mm. leagues. Like I was reading something about the NFL the other day about <laughs> kind of innovation in the NFL, and the the biggest thing that stifles innovation in the NFL, and I think this is true for a lot of other uh, codes, is that yeah you just don't want to be the one that's doing something different and then you lose because yeah. then that becomes the thing that you know they can kind of use against you and, and that was the sort of money ball thing and it's the walker brothers thing yeah um how come if these plans are so good how come you're not winning winning yeah yeah and, and that, that's right and foot, football can really um eke out any grain of, of innovation as you were just saying mm. um so this week's podcast is our last for the for the year and uh this week um was it last week i put out the question what's the most rugby league thing that you guys did um, and what are you guys most looking forward to in 2019? Um, we'll go first, though. Um, is it the best league thing we just did 
this year or just in the last, oh, last for, for us it's just in the last last little week. while yeah well okay i uh, for me it's more of a missed opportunity uh i wanted to be at redfern today like i was oh, I, I actually was seriously yeah contemplating going this morning just to kind of witness <laughs> this whole edifying spectacle of you know of this this coach swap which you know it, it was executed and then i was like oh no it's not going to happen for a year and then everybody thought oh it makes so much sense to actually just do it now. And they said, no, we're not going to do it. And now we've done it. So, mm. you know, it's just, yeah. It's one of those things that, yeah, that it was logical. Why didn't you just make it happen? And then it took them just a whole kind of series yeah. of events and, you know, kind of hurt feelings and, you know, kind of burnt bridges to, <laughs> just to get us to this point. But um, Unbelievable. My, main, my main impression, I just was looking at, you know, kind of the news just then and seeing kind of... Um, seeing Wayne in the, in the big bunny hat, you know, the one with the, and it really got me to thinking about, you know, like to, just to invoke it again, that old Jerry Seinfeld, the great Jerry Seinfeld observation, the one that probably explains our modern sporting age more than anything else. We cheer for laundry. There go. is no doubt about it. We cheer, we, we cheer for laundry because they work for laundry. Yeah. There is no doubt, like, you know, that's true. Yeah. Um, They'll go into it's just another, you know, for them fundamentally, it's a job. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not well, saying don't get emotionally invested in it because, like, you know, why not? Like, <laughs> what do we follow sports for otherwise? But, you know, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it's always a bit of a bit of a reminder. I guess the, thought, the other thought that kind of comes to mind is, like, you know, apparently, like, Seabold kind of just goes up to, you know, Red Hill and, you know, slips right in and then, boom, <laughs> it's off to the races. Yeah, that, that's confused me. Really? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Like you're holding, you're holding everything up. Everything's being stalled. Exactly, you're right. Mm. Yesterday it was all, um, all systems stopped. Mm. This isn't happening, and then bang! Like you're so right. But the thing I've really noticed about these um, uh, transition transitions and you know moving clubs and all that sort of thing is how how fiercely loyal to to um, clubs these fans are. Mm. Like if you like, I've watched it with um. David Clemmer, like Clemmer, um, uh, of course, moved from the Dogs to the Knights. It was just like, see you later, we don't want you anyway, you know? It was like a vicious kind of breakup. And it's like, same with the Tigers, like whoever's on the Tigers, um, in, in the Tigers setup, the fans are fiercely loyal. Ivan Cleary was the best coach. Penrith were missing out on a brilliant coach last year, but now it's like, oh, we didn't want him anyway. We've got Madge. Like, this is, I, I, I'm loving it. It's just <laughs> the fierce loyalty of fans is uh, one of the best things about rugby league, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, like the whole, the whole self rationalization <laughs> yeah. thing uh, yeah, is, is a kind of wonderful sport, a wonderful part of. Uh, yeah, of supporting supporting a team. Yeah, yeah I yeah, is as you say, like, um, yeah. Uh, why are they holding things up? Like, I, I'm just waiting for you know, kind of that moment, you know, next year when Anthony Seawall kind of has to front the media after a loss and say, you know, the real problem was I couldn't take over on December two. <laughs> that yeah. one extra day, you know, is what is what really got us. Yeah, yeah, stuff the uh, school year up and all that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've um, most regularly thing I've did, I've, I did, what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to uh, get rid of all these pie and, and beer and uh, <laughs> and wine kilos that I put on over the year by going to all these footy events. It's tough work, but yeah, so you've got the off season, but 
it's the on season for me, so I'm ripping him. The off season is when then James has to actually yeah, get back in shape. You know, That's right. You know, recover from recover from the season. <laughs> anyway, no one wants to so hear what, about that. So, what was what was? Um, I think we need kind of an in depth type of explanation about uh, what was the best kind of uh, best kind of like performance from yourself in the in the, in the the wine, beer, and pie stakes oh. during the season. Like, um, what was what, what was the best? single best like hospitality experience oh, nice. yeah, yeah. Or, uh, that you got to actually no, let's let's oh, I've brought in for that. hospitality plus kind of game experience you know so you know yep. so, so that you know our listeners can understand the fully gilded life that you lead traveling, <laughs> yeah, yeah in, that's right. in, the, in the in the executive suite kind of I'm world flying. Of, uh, of the nrl the best the best day was day one at um Perth the stadium yeah oh, i'm telling you it's all like go there <laughs> Go there and then come back and then tell us all about how so you Sydney doesn't need new stadiums. You won't be voting for Labor at the next uh, state election. Um, I'll wait all up. I'm not a, I'm not a moron. I'll, I'll, wait. I'll wait all the different things. James up. is now a single-issue voter. He's not <laughs> yeah, going yeah, yeah. to vote for the ALP on the basis that they're, you know, they're, they're holding up the stadium. Well, P- no, that's forwards. not true. They, yeah. want to, they, want, they, want, uh, they want somebody else to pay for it. Yeah, that's they're, right. They're yeah. Yeah, we still want, it. Yeah, still want to build that, just not... I, lo- I love the irrationality. Low ball constructions. <laughs> yeah, get them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who are they? It doesn't matter who they are. They're going to build it. I love the irrationality of that as well. Like, mm. we can either have stadiums or hospitals. <laughs> That's it. You've got to, <laughs> all the other aspects of community. So, re- realistically, yeah, what, we, what we need to do is, like, uh, turn Stadium Australia into a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> repurpose it as a hospital <laughs> there's a, a, a few thousand if we have places. any listeners in Queensland probably not because we insulted them way too often but um, <laughs> there is a there is a former sports stadium up there that got turned into a shopping mall is oh, it right. nice. there, there is one I, I, can remember dri- I can't remember I just drive past it yeah. and there's like yeah they've, they've built kind of a new shopping mall into the side of it really yeah I maybe I'm maybe I'm totally wrong maybe, uh, we, we maybe, do I, have just, maybe I just imagined it on my visit to Queensland yeah, you know? James Cheeseman will, will tell us which one it is yeah, yeah, no. James tells us Mick corrects us often. So. He does. He does. Very switched on bloke. In real estate development now that <laughs> that's the new realm that he can correct us in. There you go. Yeah, and so, what are you most looking forward to uh, in twenty nineteen? Um, you know, I, I'm now fascinated, as I think I think I've told you before. Um, Hate, sorry not to get off this this topic because you know it's, uh, it, it seems like the you know the subject du jour. Yeah, but. You know, and not that I have—I don't really have a firm opinion on kind of what kind of coach he is either way. Plainly, he did a good job this year in his very first season. But what if Anthony Siebold does have a mediocre year? Mm. You know, yeah. uh, yeah. but, you know, I can't help but notice that um, the markets are now very bullish on Souths. They've narrowed them to yeah, second uh, second favourites. Souths, yeah, in okay. the yeah, in the in, in the Premiership odds. Yeah, would make sense. They're trending pretty well. Um, they've got uh they've got the players it, you know, it would seem like uh oh, yeah. yeah so like if if it becomes a thing where kind of bennett gets that team back to you know kind of getting over the hump and um you know uh, not only that but pushing them kind of ahead of the broncos you know is there going to be some that's a five-year deal seabolt's on okay is there going to be you know is buyer's remorse kind of a kind of a possibility and just to, but to reframe this in a more positive spin uh, I can read, read somewhere, and you know this is alluding to something that you, you and I might be looking at uh, next year towards a kind of yeah, kind of previewing next season. 
Uh, we got a new we got a new natural rivalry in rugby league, don't we? Yeah, by now we do. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah, Brisbane, is... Brisbane South becomes yeah. you know uh, kind of one of the yeah kind of one of the yeah, kind of red letter rivalries now. Well, of, this is of, how of it starts. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly. how the, the Manly exactly. St George thing started, yep. and and yeah, Manly Norths. I just when you were talking about that just then, I was just thinking about this trope that's um, come up in the last two or three years about who's won the swap. That that becomes yeah. the kind of the beach fight, doesn't it? Yeah. It happened with Maloney and Moylan, yes. yeah. which was just uh, nonsensical because both clubs got exactly what they wanted. You know, Mo- Moylan, Moylan yeah. filled a gap at Cronulla and Maloney filled a gap at Penrith. Yeah, so it, it's even. But now there has to be this... And there will be a uh, formulation at the end of the year mm. about... Who won the swap between and Bennett the, and Seabold? And one of those things is in scenarios like that that, that generally goes under <coughs> unappreciated or underappreciated is uh, is is a long term kind of uh, thinking of it. Like you yeah. can judge who won it maybe in the first season, but then you look at it five years down the line, ten years down the line. Yeah, like yeah. sometimes sometimes that you know you look at something that looks like a loss, but you realize that you know that that kind of created the opportunity for the next thing to kind of uh, uh, next phase to occur. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's yeah, it's not kind of really well understood like no, you know yeah. who won the trade or you know who got who got the better end of the deals uh, so <laughs> yeah. forth but um i think broncos have gone after him for a reason yeah They'd obviously obviously seen a, a lot I, of value i believe that i yeah. the fact that he comes from within the organization he's so well he's so well regarded yeah um and and the way know. that he was he, he was apparently blowing up uh, to whatever media was trying to get hold of him but that's that's a human thing like yeah. it was it was a real tense situation for for everyone, and he was a reacting human. Yeah. Um, and then, you, and then you had Bennett up in Brisbane, apparently puppet stringing the whole thing, and yeah. which is just a, it was a big circus. Gets back it? to the whole idea that I just don't know how you can do this thing. Yeah, it's hard for play, hard enough for players. Definitely, it's. Yeah. I think it's not impossible for coaches. Yeah. How can you, you know, keep the respect of the player playing group when you, they know you're not going to be there next year? Yeah, that's yeah. the only thing that you have really is you know, in your authority as a coach. Yeah, and I, unless you've got like a continuity plan in behind you, which is to say, I'm handing it off to the assistant, so you have to, you know, yeah, you know, you have to be on board with that. That's the only scenario I can see where mm. a coach basically has an endpoint, and he can kind of yeah keep the locker room. Yeah. But you know, if they know that you're, you know, you're leaving in kind of fairly kind of, well, yeah, acrimonious circumstances, yeah. you know, uh, by the end of the year, um, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, siege mentality, and, and uh, that's exactly what personal. Happens. I guess you know, maybe if you've got really good personal relationships with the players, um, mm. I don't know. Like it, uh, but they, yeah, yeah. So I guess you know, it has it has resolved kind of itself that way. So yeah, it uh, that that is going to be yeah. It's it's a fantastically big kind of talking point. Definitely. Um, but you're right. It's one is, I yeah. yeah. I must admit, like if you kind of try to think in terms of the the grand arc of Wayne Bennett's historic coaching career, it's a weird late you know, late turn. The idea that you know you thought that. He was going to go back to Brisbane. He was going to kind of, you know, kind of get that right one more time, and then ride off into the sunset like the cowboy that he is. But um, <laughs> uh, but now, yeah, left turn again. I don't. So I maybe don't... we're setting ourselves up for the uh, second return of Bennett, in, you know, in another five years' time when he goes back to Brisbane. Exactly. You know. Exactly. <laughs> well, he's he's what nearly seventy or he's seventy. Blah blah blah. He doesn't have to make any tackles. His mind is probably still, you know, he's pretty like evolutionary as far as football goes. Mm. Brisbane only finished what two games away from the grand final this year. So, oh, or did they? No, had they? They got yeah. belted by the Dragons. Was yeah. that in week one? Uh, Maybe it was. Uh, it was actually. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, ignore me. Just. 
in crisis. But do you really believe that you know they're a, they're a contender? Um, we Souths. Talked, no, Brisbane. Brisbane, underneath Seabold. Well, underneath Bennett, like this year. Did you really oh. believe at any time that you were a believer, weren't you? Oh, I, I often am with Brisbane because I, I don't know what it is about yeah. them. I just think you've still got flashbacks of the nineties, man. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. I want Alfie. You got to yeah. you got to update. You've got to. Oh, you just mentioned there. I think the best piece of news that came out of all of this is that Alfie will still be the trainer out there. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, good on him. He hasn't yeah. been purged. I got You couldn't purge, like you know, that would cause a full scale revolt, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. You purged Alfie Langer. Take Alfie down to Redfern. Oh, he'll be he'll be the king. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Maybe it will still happen. Who knows? Pen mural <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking forward I'd to love that big well, mural you know, big mural out in Redfern of Alfie Langer well I know that the nation have really has really changed oh, I've got a big mural oh, that'd be terrific they would they would adopt him they should like you know just put it on a wall their actual size <laughs> <laughs> the size of a big fire hydrant so has that been an announcement that Alfie's oh I just you know there was because there was, there were, I was just reading there I don't know what, what the, first, the announcement been made but obviously like a whole bunch of the South's back room has gone up there so. oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. and uh oh, right. oh, oh, but the brisbane back room is leaving so yeah oh, come on alfie do it mm. when i want to sit down and have a beer with you in a in an interview that'd be cool um I, 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 okay what are you looking forward to next year and you're limited to one thing i'm looking forward to magic round <laughs> yeah i knew you were gonna say that yeah i, I think it should be good yeah. it's a terrific innovation yeah but I'd, um one thing uh that's it the one thing about that is that penrith is playing west tigers at Magic Round, so yeah. that'll be the big grudge match. Yep. Um, our, our version of it. It's just a whole big regional match taking place over the state line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's going to be terrific. And you're going to get more fans there than you did. <laughs> you held it in the West of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should move it to Skilled or something like that. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, no, I'm really happy with the way that the game tries things these days. Mm. It just does. Like we just announced a world, uh, world cup of nines. Yeah. Out, out in in uh, the new stadium out there, at Parramatta, mm-hmm. the new Parramatta Stadium, not Western Sydney Stadium. Mm. I'm just going to call it the new Parramatta Stadium. Mm. Just because I'm because know. Parramatta will actually play there. <laughs> they will. Yeah. Oh, and the Wanderers. No, it's really the Wanderers. Stadium. The great thing about Magic Round is the the amount of resource they've poured into it. They yeah. really they really are backing it. They're Selling trying, tickets to it already. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to make it a centerpiece of the season. Like it would have been yeah. if they had kind of just put it out there and then just kind of left it there for that kind of, you know, without the proper kind of promotional push and like kind of yeah, the resourcing. Yeah. It, I think it would have been wrong. The yeah. fact they're going to try and make this really really work is a is a fantastic uh, something we've been arguing for for the longest time. It it really I'd be I'd be really surprised if it failed. Like, I, I reckon it'll be a really great success. There are some downers out there who are saying that because it's on Mother's Day weekend, oh, yeah. then that'll affect things. But I don't think... I mean, you know, Mother's Day's Mother's Day. The only the only thing I kind of got me was that I I didn't like the the four well the four night or the four yeah, day yeah, idea. I, th- yeah. I thought it was maybe a night too long Fair yeah. because you know I mean I, I know why because you know TV, TV need, yeah. needs a, needs a Thursday night game, but. Um, yeah, it, it from my understanding of Magic Weekend in, in Britain is it's yeah it's just those two days it's a slate yeah. on one and a slate on two and I just thought yep. you know kind of the you know the intensity of like you know kind of having it all jammed together like that because yeah. my my feeling is is that you know 
you know, what you wanted to recreate with Magic Round is the feeling that you got from Auckland Nines. Yeah. You look at Auckland Nines and you see how that works and you thought, well, why can't you do that kind of in the season when, you know, when they're actually playing real football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. I think it was the second um, Auckland Nines which really went right off. Yeah. Yeah. But Mother's Day, like, come on. You go up there, your team's playing Thursday or Friday or Saturday. You can still do something on Sunday. You can see your mum on Saturday, on the day before. I love all this kind of... Um, Take your mum. Take your mum. Yeah, mum's getting free. I, I love. I love mum, this. Mum is magic. It's <laughs> free entry for mums. Free entry for mums to the to magic weekend. If you know, I love it, it, again. It's like the irrationality of you can either have one or the other. Mm. Either go to the magic round or Mother's Day. I'm going to have to decide. Like, no, you're not. You can. Unbelievable. It's, uh, it's only because, James, you for Mother's Day this year, you went to see your mother and she said, let's watch football. <laughs> How's that, people? She was just so happy mother, to see me. Mother, mother of the year. <laughs> <laughs> she is. It's like the discourage James from something he doesn't usually do. Like, you know, oh, it, let's watch more football. But I was around and that was all that was important. So there you go. Um, my, my statement on this is it just so happens my birthday usually falls near, uh, oh, near, near Mother's Day. A bit selfish, isn't it? Well, you know, yeah. it basically means a standoff. My mum doesn't get me anything, and I don't get anything from her. <laughs> Good. Why should you? What? Oh, that's right, because it's a hallmark what? holiday. <laughs> spend money. Spend heaps of money. Oh, God. Here he comes. So now we're going to... James, um, James the Red. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to do a really... Hopefully this will be a relatively quick segment. We're no, ask... no, 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 no. This is not going to be quick. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let me give the prelude here because this is, this is, I guess this is my baby doing. I was waiting all off-season for just a, a, a kind of a slow moment and then kind of Wayne and Anthony did their thing. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've always just wanted kind of a, a bit of an airy kind of moment in the, in the off-season when there wasn't much going on. Yeah, thanks, NRL. Uh, to, yes, just um, kind of give you the podcast equivalent of what I call shout, shouting over the partition. Yep. Which is to say, um, when I kind of get bored, which is often, I'll get up and shout something outlandish or ridiculous, some kind of question, some kind of hypothetical uh, at James over the partition and then kind of have him kind of explain uh, his way out of it, which... To his credit, he usually does in ways that I, I, I really don't anticipate. Even Most of the time, I just bury my head in the, the computer. Sometimes, yeah, I, I, yeah, he puts on his headphones and listens, can't hear listens yeah. to his classical music and then just avoids, <laughs> avoids you know, kind of because you know, he just doesn't want to have to put up with it, you know, kind of this, this shit. Are you still but, talking, mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah so I, right. I wanted, I wanted uh, an opportunity uh, kind of in podcast form to pitch these kinds of improbable league uh, hypotheticals if this pans out kind of the way these uh, the, these usual office conversations does, there, there might be a few Simpsons references because that's how James basically devolves it. He'll basically compare it to something like, you know, it's like that time in Simpsons when, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. then that's how it, yeah, these, yeah. these conversations, because I get delighted and then go off kind of semi, semi-satisfied. All right. So anyway, so yeah, we prepared a, a set of questions for each other. These are very, very kind of arbitrary kind of speculations. My, mine, mine are just de- dead, like downright piercing questions about your beliefs about things. My, my belief system. Yeah, so mine are very pointed. Oh, God. Yours are big sky airy fairy, but mine are... Okay, why so do you think that? What this do you mean is, okay, that? yeah. So this is kind of how you know, basically the relationship over the partition works. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, this is an insight into work for us. All right. I mentioned a while. James mentioned a while back that he thought a forward pass is coming to the game in our in our future in our uh, kind of yeah. our you know kind of 
rugby league futures pod that we did maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I saw that I said that kind of stole my thunder because this is the one I've always used to kind of get under James's skin, which is to ask. So the first question I pose here. Yeah. If you had a player who was allowed to throw a forward pass on every set. Yep. Okay, every like set. One pass every set. Yeah. You know, and this guy is like a marginal footballer, like someone who barely can, can barely kind of make it in first grade. Yeah. Like, a, you know, he's a guy who's just bouncing up and down between grades. Yeah. Would that player be more valuable than Jonathan Thurston in his prime? Um, so only one player is allowed to do it. One player on the side... Wow. Is, yeah, is, yeah, is allowed to throw a forward pass. In fact, I had two variations of this question. Oh, but firstly, so the first yeah. one is... Yeah. Uh, I'll put it to you this way. Would that player... Yeah. His ability to, because nobody else on the field is allowed to do this. It's just this one player is just given the special kind of, you know, yep. exemption in the rules. Okay, once a set, you can throw a forward pass. Yep. Would that make him, even though he's only very marginal mm. as a, you know, as a talent, as a leaguey, yep. could he, you know, would, as a, sorry, as a first grader, yep. would that immediately make him like the most valuable player in the sport? I, I don't think it would, and you know why? Why? Because it goes by that old adage of a kick is just as good as its chase. Yeah. You, you need to have, in, in, as in NFL, the good wide receivers mm. to be able to work with this bloke. If you had, I'd just say it was Thurston, throwing forward passes and none of your teammates are in on, on the skill and the construction of the play and all that kind of thing, then I don't think it would matter how good this bloke could throw footies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I, I think you think was, coaches would kind of like just try and figure him out, and then you know, like you know, like, like yeah. every time, like they would kind of like you'd have the ball in his hands, you'd have like three, you know, guys on top of him. <laughs> it would be like in the you know, ever watch the Mighty Ducks movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like then you know, yeah. the, the, the black guy, but you know, Keenan Thompson, he had that little knuckle puck shot. Yeah, and yeah. The Icelanders yeah, yeah. are always on top of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly, That's basically what this would be, wouldn't it? It, it would. Yeah, yeah. But but what it, what it would do is um, instead of you recruiting this forward pass guy. I reckon it'd create packages in, in um, you know, transfers. I reckon with each forward pass guy, there would be a few people that that came along with them. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, you'd buy him, but Ferguson comes along, and so does uh, Nick Kotrick as well. <laughs> Did that go where you thought it might go? Or not quite, not quite. Here's my, okay. Here's the question. Okay, you have an option. Then this is the very the variation of the question. You have an option. I can give you one forward pass a set. Yep. Or you play with 11 players. Or Sorry, but you have to play with 11 players. Or you get two extra players. I was going to say the other side got 15, but I don't think that's actually an advantage because it just crowds the field a bit more. Yeah. So, like, say for example, so that's the trade-off. You get to throw a forward pass, but you have, like, two less players on the field. No, I'd, I'd, I'd forgo the forward pass. Okay, maybe, maybe two is, too, uh, is, is a bit too much of a disadvantage. One. one. No, I'd still stick with the... I'd, I'd give it a miss. Because if, as you're throwing these forward passes, it's not as if the defence is, so you is think, dumb every single so, time. So like, basically you're saying having an extra man yeah. is more advantageous than a guy who can throw a forward pass. Um, that's because yeah. that's basically what it is. Because imagine the extra man in defence. If you're playing 12 on 13... Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. whole idea is that you might be able to outscore the opposition. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's not. But as admittedly, the, you're only throwing one forward pass a set, so you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and and when do you do that? Like, if you do, if you do it at the end, oh, they're going to throw the. This is a forward pass tackle. Yeah, it's it sounds it sounds good in. But that's the whole idea. Is you can throw it at any time in the set. It's not like to say, oh, you got to throw it on the fifth. Yeah, it would be it would be more reliable than a kick on the last. 
Like to, to kick it out wide is is quite difficult. You have to get that right, don't you? Whereas a pass out wide, like in like in gridiron, yeah, there you go. So they, that's my belief. Screw screw the forward pass. <laughs> okay, can I ask you I, one? I think the four, I think I think the forward pass guy could be. I I, I actually kind of gone either way on this one because you know they actually can control kicks quite remarkably they well can now. At, yeah. at top grade and you know like it's uh yeah, yeah. Effect, it's like what you're saying like effectively yeah. I, I think what you'd find is when they could use it as a bit of a surprise maneuver like when you know to throw you know balls really flat but you know like so short balls you'd be i think you'd be surprised that you know being able to throw a, a forward pass on a short ball would be way more advantageous than being able to you know like throw it long yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Mm. But the, the only thing you have to worry about is the opposition isn't like a computer game. The opposition's going to be ready for this all the time. It's not like, oh, they, yeah, they, they did the forward the pass thing. thing. Might, they always get us with might, that one. It might ruin their defensive kind of like, It might, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that throws the game open for un, sure. Unintended yeah. consequence. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. And, and there right. are plenty of those. All right. Okay. So we're saying the forward pass minimal effect. Interesting. Um. Everyone will start talking about how, you know, they start making wisecracks about all those guys who throw forward passes. <laughs> yeah, they do it anyway. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a rule anyway. <laughs> okay, my question to you is: In what year? Yeah. You're always carrying on about yeah. the introduction of this. Yeah. In what year will the NRL have its first robo riff? Oh, how far away are we from robo the robo riff? Robo riff. <laughs> Do you reckon it's a few decades? Do you reckon... If you read the literature about, like, how, like, like AI and, yep. like, robots are coming to take over, like, all kind of unskilled labour, yep. like, you know, like, we're going to have... Uh, kind of quote... It's hard to give a definitive answer on this because, you know, we have self-driving cars now. Like, they're in existence. Yep. But... Um, I just was listening to another pod the other day making the point that, yeah, we're still actually a bit of a ways off yeah. for formal implementation. So, you know, to, you know, my thought would be that we could have a RoboRef really quite soon. Like, you know, we, you could actually technically have, you know, make it possible. Mm. Um, you know, would that be the best use of society's resources? Probably not. You know, <laughs> which is why it'll probably we, happen. We have climate change, and we're building robotic refs. You know, I mean, is that <laughs> kind of the? We're building stadiums instead of hospitals. So, you know, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, you know, let me tell you, I think someone like some someone ridiculous like the NFL might try. Just you know, if, if you ever had this thing where <laughs> officiating becomes became such a crisis for your league, and there is such a lack of confidence in your officials, that you said, okay, let's just you know. Let's just build a robot ref and yeah, and be done with like all these all, yeah. all the whinging. Of course, it would actually imply a new set of complaints because it would. people would realize that oh, it's not accurate calls that are the problem. Like it's you know um, the human element of uh, of officiating is is very very important, which oh. people tend to tend to kind of completely overlook. It's terrific theater um, too. Like a bad referee mm. is. A terrific exactly um, yeah. event. Mm. It's like it, it, it draws out all this emotion in people. And imagine if every, uh, uh, as you've said in the past, imagine if if sport was officiated by the rule book, hundred yeah. percent of the rules were followed. Whichever sport does that kills itself, doesn't it? Listen, okay. I, I think what's more likely to happen rather than a robo ref, <laughs> and I, I think this is the reason why. See, see, see how seriously I'm asking this question. I know. Yeah. 
is what we'll have is referees who have more technology at their fingertips yep. to be able, and, and that, you know, they'll integrate. So it'll still be a human ref, but he'll have all these technological aids. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm not just talking about the bunker here. I'm talking about something way beyond that. Like, so for example, here's one that I, I, I really like. Yeah. Um, maybe like the ref will carry this little kind of like device that's attached to him and it's like a laser. And so when he like marches back to set the 10, the laser shoots out across the field, right? And so that sets kind of like, you know, the line for what the players have to be behind. Now, I, I realized as I was saying this, people might've thought I was saying it's a laser. And if you cross the laser over the 10 and you're offside, it cuts you in half and kills you <laughs> or something like that. No, it's a laser. So, you know, it'll be like a laser. It's like, you know, you know, I was talking with one of our um, FTBL colleagues the other day, you know, that little spray that they put on the ground to mark where they want you to take the penalty. Yep. Yeah. It'll be like that, but it'll be like, yeah, instead of like a spray, yeah, it'll be a laser. It'll be like attached to them. And like when he sets, we marches back his 10, the laser will shoot out across the ground and anybody who's over that line will be very obvious to tell, you know, they're violating, you know, the 10. So the 10 won't be the 10. Yeah, it'll still be the gap that the referee wants. But unlike the robot ref, who will always set 10 meters yeah. and like, you know, the game will be ruined because we'll just get offside whistles every every second one. That's because right. the players will always be offside because nobody can stay onside. That's right. And then, you know, all those people who complain, oh, they're not getting him back, you know, yeah, well, you know, they won't have, won't have any cause to complain. But that was the complaint earlier on in the year. It mm. was, what when are the referees going to let the game open up? Mm. It's like, well, the referees are controlling the game. They're controlling the rules. I couldn't believe that that was... The, the, the argument. Mm. The referees are killing the game by officiating it properly. Mm. I, yeah, sorry, I'm airing out a lot of these uh, uh, <laughs> um, head, what, head, what, head explosions. What, 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 I'll be, what, what I'll be kind of, um, yeah, kind of surprised. Uh, you know, one, one thing I want to find out is whether they'll figure out that algorithm that says, oh, yeah, if I've called three straight penalties on the one side, I've got to call the penalty <laughs> on the next one against them. <laughs> yeah, and just it, to keep the penalty count balanced. And it registers the pitch of the, of the crowd. It knows that I'm at a home crowd here. I'd better do something to fix up this problem exactly. before people start throwing I things. wonder if the AI will figure that out. I think the AI will figure that out very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. but it, like, that is the almost ironclad thing that if three straight penalties goes against one side, the next whistle must go for the other side. Doesn't matter what it is, the most minor infraction. But yeah. and, then, and then someone will yell out, you've been doing it all day. And the robot thinks, no, I haven't. The game just started. <laughs> all right, what else? One last thing about the robot ref. Oh, see. Oh. It needs a really cool name. Uh, yeah. It's one that actually spells out, you know, its letters to say something. I, I nominate Harrigan as yeah. the name for the, you know, yeah. the, ro the robot ref. Have you thought about that? What? No, Lord, no. no? That's, that's what the listeners think. <laughs> so not in something boring like RoboRef 3000 or something like that? <laughs> no, like, like Cartman's ref? Cartman's robot? It's got to be called Harrigan. That's the, <laughs> that's the, name of the that Harrigan, yeah. <laughs> the but, Harrigan. <laughs> All right, my question? Yeah. All right, you know one of my hobby horses for a while is I wanted to split the league into conferences. Yeah. All right. Uh, the one that makes most sense to me is a Sydney one and a non-Sydney one. Yep. Uh, the way that the math kind of works in uh, in um, in the sixteen team league right now is that there are roughly nine Sydney and, and, and environs uh, base teams yep. and seven non, and it makes sense to split them into two eight team conferences. Which Sydney team should be kicked out? 
into the non-Sydney conference. Yeah. Or remember the conversation. Oh, let's start with that. And there's another variation okay. I want to ask you. Um, the one that should be kicked out is Penrith. There we go. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> That's not Sydney. I'm, I'm sorry. If you sit in a car, oh. if you sit in a car and you're heading an hour and a half one way out of it and you arrive at a town, yeah. it's not Sydney. <laughs> it's not. It's, yeah, I think it's time to stop thinking of Penrith as Sydney. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, Cronulla's a lot closer than, than. I was about to say, you're going to tolerate an argument from the Shire that they want to. Yeah. yeah. That they that they shouldn't be part of this. And, and the thing that saves or, the Dragons is that their connection to to Carlton and and Cogger and stuff. So. I was about to say, could yeah. you know the Dragons make an argument for uh, yeah, yeah. For, for me for being the club of the, oh. the Illawar? Have you? When was the last time you headed out to Penrith? Have you ever been out there? Oh God. It's a long way away, mate. It is. It is not Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, anyway. So that, there you go. That's my answer. Okay, the correct... Yeah, okay. Um, now, the, the variation I wanted to ask on the question, or the follow-up I wanted to ask question. Yeah. Do you think a team would want to be kicked out of the, um, of the Sydney Conference? So say this is, is, is implemented by, you know, the, uh, by the league. Yeah. They took it out to the stakeholders. Now, um, one important distinction has to be made. I think you would still play teams in the other conference. Oh, it, it wouldn't be a thing where... It wouldn't be oh, like, good. Yeah. You know, I, mean, that, that I was, was going to say baseball, but they've been playing inter... Yeah, so, so you wouldn't just have the Sydney teams playing each other? No, no, no. Because the Sydney's other... Uh, there would be crossover and, yeah. you know, before the finals. And it wouldn't be like... Yeah. It wouldn't be like maybe every year because, you know, like the logic would be... So say you... Let's do let's do the math here. So you, so you got seven conference opponents. You play each of those twice. Yeah. So there's your there's uh, there's your fourteen. You'd still need another, you know, like another eight games from the, the other side of the conference gets you to twenty two matches, which is a good number. That's that's a good mm. number. Can I throw a spanner in the works here? Yeah. All right. It's a lot of distance travelled for the out of Sydney league, isn't it? Yeah, but they do that anyway. Yeah. They do. You know, that's uh, that's kind of you know by definition what they do. Yeah. But but the Sydney clubs wouldn't have to travel, like they don't only have to travel what a third of the, of the distance across the whole year, wouldn't they? They do that anyway. Like you know, you know that's you know, that, yeah, that's fair enough. It's already an advantage. I've done the maths it's, or anything. It's, it's, already, that, it's already an advantage that they have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my 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 <clears throat> argument then would be if yep. you had kind of a structure that looked like that. Yeah. Do you think a team like so they kind of we bring this to the you know, to the clubs? Yeah. And say okay, this is the structure. Is we need one of you to to, to volunteer or to jump out. Do you think a club might want to jump out? Do you think, because here's my thinking, like yeah. say you're a club that you know, thinks, you know, I want my brand to be national rather than to be seen. And you know who I'm driving at here. There's a correct answer as to which club should be out in the other conference. And it's um, not Penrith. I, I think um, Penrith and Gus School would uh, explode if you told them um, yeah, that, that that answer that I gave before that was just my kind of my uh, interpretation of it. Imagine being told you, you're Penrith, and but you can't play uh, Parramatta, you can't play the Bulldogs, West Tigers. Imagine being imagine hearing that that you can't play them twice. It would be disastrous. Which club would want to wouldn't mind being ejected from the Sydney League? Um, oh. The pressure's on because you're expecting me to say something. <laughs> which club? Which club thinks it's pretty national and all that sort of thing? Pretty modern. And, okay, I'd go the Roosters. It is indeed <laughs> the Roosters who do not even deign to call themselves Sydney, 
or eastern suburbs yeah. or whatever anymore they're just the roosters yeah i reckon i reckon they'd take the option that yeah all right we'll we'll you know be the we'll be the club that you know goes around the country <laughs> and yeah I really do. I, I reckon they'd volunteer to, yeah, to they, kick themselves out. They did it anyway, like with the Adelaide game. Yeah. They, they were brave enough to go, yeah, you yeah. know what, we'll play a game in Adelaide, no worries. Yeah, play a game on an oil rig. <laughs> yeah, on an oil rig. There you go. Do you think conferences would be a good thing for the league? Um, no. Nah. No. It's, just a, it's just another way of adding up all the points, so... Yeah, no. You don't think, like... Cause I'm, I'm really indifferent towards it. Yeah, the idea being that um, mm. if you're, like... I guess maybe this is not so true. If you're if you're twelfth and you're, you're you're kind of gunning for eighth, that's about the same distance as like you know being eighth and gunning for fourth. It all depends on 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 yeah yeah I don't know. I, I think with our game, I think the salary cap plays it's uh, a really big part in keeping them all together anyway. I, like this year, Danny. I mean, there were a few clubs. <laughs> if, you believe, a few... if you believe how often they cheat, it probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. But up and like even this year, like up until two or three rounds left. Every, nearly every team could make it, apart from Cows and, and Para. So that's fourteen teams that could have that, that could have made the top eight. Like I don't know. There are other um, systems within the game that keep f- fans' interest, you know, in it for most of the season. So I like I, conferences. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think it's been a magn- magnificent thing for Super Rugby. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 But baseball, like, it, it makes it really, really simple to follow baseball. Like, your, your team's, you know, got four rivals. All it has to do is beat them. Of course, they play each other. When we have a 32-team NRL, yeah, will we need conferences? Yeah, um, probably, yeah. Not, not at the moment. <laughs> not at the moment. Um, cool. My turn? Or? Yeah, your, your question. Okay. This is a big belief of yours. Oh, here we go. Why? I, I know that we're the National Rugby League and... Australian Australian Football League and all that. Why are dots on the map so important um, in Australian comps? Like, why do why is it such a massive advantage for the BFG mm. to have a team? BKG, man. Yeah, that. I couldn't even get the acronym, the, the, the fake acronym right. <laughs> the, the bad football group, <laughs> the, the, the giant. Um, yes, yes. AFL has a team in Adelaide. Has two teams in Adelaide yeah. and Perth. Mm. But those those centres combined mm. aren't as big as like Western Sydney. Or they probably are as big as Western Sydney. Like a couple of million people. Yeah. You've always been big on. Mm. They've got a team there, so they've got that sewn up. They've got a team there, that they've got that sewn up. Why is that more important than um, the NRL having New South Wales and Queensland, two of the most populated states, sewn up? Because it's yeah. Well, firstly, it's just a question of growth potential. You know, you know what I mean. Like you're trying to grow into areas. Yep. Right. You know, like when you like. One of my, my favorite activities kind of in this, in the, you know, kind of in the whole sports conversation kind of dodge that we've got going on in Australia is, is trying to kind of like, you know, kind of, you know, kind of disappoint kind of BKG fans by telling them, you know what, your game really isn't as big in New South Wales and Queensland as you probably think. But here's the thing. They're here. Like, you know, they actually have a plan and they've got kind of outlets through which they could possibly grow the game kind of here whereas I think the league 
has completely seeded the field in uh, in Adelaide and uh, in South Australia and Western Australia. See that to me, that is more important than having teams there. Yeah, but you see, yeah. I mean, to the me, grassroots stuff like, is more important. To, so, but they've got nothing there either. Like, like the whole point is, is that you know we use kind of the elite level as the thing that drives kind of participation and aspiration, kind of at the lower levels. Yeah, and it also gives you just uh, gives you a structure. Like you know, they work their way up to the you know to to this point. I, I don't know. Maybe for me, it's it's a sense of you know, I grew up in Adelaide. Like you know, yeah. like the game did not exist for me there. So you know, like you know, it. Um, I'm just acutely aware that um, that you know when you it's it's not merely just kind of a point on the map, kind of so to speak. But you know, Maybe, this yeah. idea that you know if yeah. It kind of also goes back to the idea that if you want to kind of like sell yourself as a national product in Australia, and let's face it, the market isn't huge. It's only like, it's, you know, like less than 25 million people. Yeah. You've kind of got to use every, you've got to be able to reach every bit of it that you can. Uh, and, you know, so yeah, that would seem to me that like, you know, everyone talks about, oh, the wonderful potential, like I'll invert the argument on yourself. Like you say, oh, why there, you know, there are more people in the West of Sydney. Well, then why are we kind of bothering with like Tonga and Samoa and Fiji? Like there are fewer people there than there are in South Australia. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's not just, I guess, kind of a really flat up market argument, but the whole idea being that, you know, if the National Rugby League, which is a magnificent success in Australia, and that's true, there's, there's no denying that. If the success, if Australia is its real you know, power base, well then, makes sense, why can't it expand you know, to these, these, uh, these two areas? Yeah, fair enough. You know, I yeah. mean, it's... Um, well, well, yeah, under Peter Beattie, that's what the game's going to do, apparently. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that to me day is... One. Yeah, it, um, yeah, I, yeah, it... I get that there, there's an argument to be made that you just don't want to look at like kind of the whole consultant's PowerPoint presentation and just make your decisions off the idiot. Yeah, yeah. You that, don't that, that's to, what I simplified yeah, the whole you, thing you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't want to just say, oh, because you've got a million people there, that's where you got to go. And that's kind of what, I mean, like if you want to talk about the Gold Coast Suns and the GWS Giants, yeah. that's, that's the ultimate high, high example of that. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of while at the same time, you know, kind of for that other code, Tasmania withers. But it's, it, um, you know, by the same token, I mean, you've got to kind of say to yourself, you know, are, you know is there a ceiling to be had on certain things that you're going to do? Like, you know, if, mm-hmm. if I told you that there was another town of like, you know, 350, 400,000 people out there and I was going to put kind of a team in it and it was going to be, it was going to do kind of well commercially, but that's it like and that's you know it's going to be just a solid kind of mid kind of mid table finisher for you know for for, for a decade or so mm. for the last decade or so would that kind of get you excited no, no if i were to tell you we're going to add another canberra raiders to the nrl like yeah. you know in wherever in in uh, in ipswich or you know out kind of out out north of uh, brisbane is, is that really getting you excited not as far as growth and expansion, because the game's already there. Yeah. It's such a massive, is a massive hotbed of rugby league to start with. Mm. So, 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 yeah, yeah. All these other things have got to come along with expansion, don't they? Like grassroots footies. As far as I'm concerned, you, 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 make, you announce your plan that you're going somewhere 10 years before you actually put a team there. Mm. You've just got to start so much, so far in advance. The question then in becomes, though, what happens if nothing happens over that yeah, time? Yeah, <laughs> like, what, what, you know, what if what if the product what if the product doesn't take? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a, then you kind of revisit like ten years from then and say, oh well, you know, 
you know, we can't do anything because the guy who made that decision has gone to another sport or yeah, retired. We've got to, we've yeah. got to walk that back. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, so yeah, just to my sense is that you know it. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it is less relevant now, maybe than it was twenty years ago, when the main avenue to actually uh, kind of consuming kind of the league was to actually go to the ground and watch these teams. Yes, definitely. Like we're we're in, a, we're in a media environment now where, like, I've got my uncles who kind of uh, grew up in Sydney and who you know kind of are league fans and kind of kind of a personal tale, I guess. Yeah, uh, my family's now uh, the whole bunch of them moved moved down to Adelaide. We were the leading edge of that. Um, they can watch league whenever they want. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's yeah. not it's not such a thing like myself when I was growing up there in the eighties. It seemed like the game didn't exist at all. It mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. did not. Whereas now, mm-hmm. if you wanted to watch, you can. Yeah, it's perfectly easy to consume. You don't need you know an Adelaide Rams playing down the road to you know to kind of no. you know, kind of absorb what's going on you know, in the sport. Yep. But um, yeah, it. Uh, my sense would be that if you just kind of think on the level of. Oh, where can we go? And you know, the sport is successful here. This is the power base here, and yet there are two big cities of over a million people, and we're not there at all. It just—it's counterintuitive. So yeah, that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of always why I think yeah, just just yes, just, just uh, over and above the fact that you know, coming from Adelaide, like just makes <laughs> you know, yeah, just don't want to forget that you know, yeah. there's a team out there. You could probably have said the same thing about Melbourne once upon a time, and now look at the Storm. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah, yeah. most admired club in the in the sport. So. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, One more. My question. My question. Yep. Yeah. All right. If the league world, right? I want to do a little kind of mental exercise. <laughs> this will be dangerous. Yeah. Swap around the league world and the union world. League. Which is to say, yeah. So rugby league is big in New Zealand, in South Africa, in 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 England, in Britain, France, Ireland. What have you? You just wow. totally swapped it around. Can I stay in this world forever? Can I? Is that the world? Yeah. Is that okay? I want you yeah. to kind of describe that world to me. Yeah. What do you think? Like the features of that world might be. Yeah. Uh, you just said you, you see you want to stay in that world, so obviously wow. that has some appeal for you. It's lovely. And here's here's the kind of topper for that one. In that world, yep. Are the kangaroos still the dominant side? Oh. Mm. Oh God, that's a good one. Yeah, I like this one. <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to find a way to write this, but um, writing it is not is not the most interesting thing. I think yeah. talking about it is uh, is Jeez. kind of the one that you know that uh, um, has got some appeal for me. Probably not because uh, Whoa! Because, <laughs> because betrayal, you, James. Because you've got to no, assume yeah. that each of these countries has its own NRL, yep. and the numbers are a lot bigger. The, the, the game's a lot bigger. Uh, that's a misnomer. They wouldn't be bigger. Okay. They wouldn't be bigger. Remember New, uh, New Zealand? So, so isn't isn't rugby league rugby union in England? Isn't it? Oh, it doesn't bath yeah, play rugby league? Yes, and all that? yes. But yes. that's the only place that it would be bigger. Oh, okay. Bear in mind that New Zealand is the size of um, of uh, Queensland. Yeah. So, you know, plainly that, you know, New Zealand would not have a bigger comp than, than Australia. Oh. And, and South Africa, while bigger in population, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to drag the whole kind of like uh, history of the, of the country along with it. So it's probably still pro- a, main, a predominantly white game. Yep. So, you know, there's only like, what, 8 million white South Africans. So again, that's much smaller than, than Australia. The only place in, in the rest of this kind of 
imagined world would be England. England is much, much bigger than every other place. So is New Zealand Rugby League still the same as what it is now? Well, here's the question. This is the question. These these are the type of features that we're we're going to ask ourselves is, you know, would New Zealand Rugby League look more like what the league looks like right now or would it have kind of kind of all the trappings of, you know, that their very vaunted union culture. Yeah. Would, would South African Rugby League, you know, look more like what, you know, kind of the end product of the Springboks? I get where you're going. See, yeah. see here's, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> how different would this world look if it were a league world as opposed to a union? Or? Yeah, you can, you, you can rely on Rugby League to destroy itself in any country that you... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Line of, line of the pod. Line of the pod. Yeah, don't put it past it. <laughs> It's a great thought, though. Mm. Like, yeah, because then you could have proper international, yeah, events. Instead yeah, you've of, still only got, like, eight countries that are really playing it. Yeah. Yeah, but the, you've got some big ones there, like, in Union, America's coming through. That, that's a massive thing for Rugby Union, like, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Although we're about to conquer Jamaica, so that's good. <laughs> it's a great question. Maybe you should write about it. It's. Be, if, I, I I was going to kick it to international uh, to, to the esteemed Matthew Cleary, who oh, you know, oh, yeah. is the best union league kind of yeah, like, yeah. Uh, kind of brain uh, hybrid brain I've I've come across. But uh, but I'd like to think that the kangaroos wouldn't be on top in that world. You, you really know? don't think? So? Listen, yeah. I I it, always believed the opposite. I long thought that if we yeah if we didn't have no actually it was a bit more expansive. If we oh, only had the oh. one card would. Yeah, I think Australia would be dominant that got apart from the round ball one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, having watched the All Blacks in recent years, I, yeah. think I've, I think I've kind of, yeah, kind of gone away from it. Not only that, it was actually two things, the All Blacks and also Queensland Origin. Oh, there you go. Looking yeah. at kind of how like, yeah. you know, Queensland Origin so thoroughly dominated its bigger neighbour and looking at the way the All Blacks do it, I've, I've come to respect that, you know, that um, culture mm. and systems... And numbers. And, and, and lack of can, numbers. Can, can, yeah, and lack of numbers can actually, yeah. you know, um, and cohesion can kind of create, oh. yeah, create greatness in a way that it's just not a pure, uh, a pure numbers game. So, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in kind of a, yeah, a, a, a league world that, you know... Had the approximate shape of union that the old, that New Zealand would still that the Kiwis would be a, would be a dominant side and that you know like yeah. South Africa would still really be dirty and you know, <laughs> yeah the, the 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 Welsh would play a really weird form of yeah uh, of rugby league and like yeah. the French wouldn't defend and, you know <laughs> but they score all these amazing tries and you know oh because that's the way it works yeah, yeah. but then you know France would probably be the basket case because as you say they, they would have just been caught up with all that stuff where you know the Nazis like you know smashed all. no it wasn't the Nazis it was the Vichy the Vichy French that you know that squeezed the game <laughs> still one of the most history. amazing stories one of the most amazing stories in rugby league <laughs> yes back in the 1950s <laughs> alright so should I find my last one you're, you're on alright yeah um, I've interviewed a lot of rugby league people over the years and for this podcast this year. Who, who in rugby league mm. would you most want to interview? Who, who, who interests you the, the most? I've, I've, got an, I've got an answer um, that I think you're going to say because you seem to mention him, mention him every week on this show and he doesn't play rugby league at the moment. He plays rugby union. For New Zealand, oh, oh Sonny Bill. Yeah, I, I'm not that interested in. Okay, I, 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 I'm intrigued by him in the sense that I think he's been, 
he's been a far more defining figure than you than you'd come to expect. I couldn't yep. help but notice that Angus Crichton said this week that he was <clears throat> he was thinking about <laughs> the Union World Cup in five years. Um, it just blows my mind. That, that's management stuff, I reckon. I know, but, you know, it, yeah, yeah, I agree. It is, yeah, but yeah. That, you know, that's. Um, so who, who who do you who do you watch? Who do you look at? You know, you're connected to the game no. uh, through your, your family now, and you, no. there's, there's emotional interest there from them. Yeah. Who, who do you... Well, who, who interests them, or do you, are you asking me who, 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 who I kind of like? Who, who would you want to interview? Like, it could be anyone from the past or whatever. Um, not thinking for the magazine, I was about to say but Dally, you. Daily Messenger, but you know, it'd be hard to interview. <laughs> no. It could be really interesting. <laughs> Not, 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 not. So, what is the afterlife like, darling? <laughs> it sucks. There's no footy up here. There's no... Trying to lure me over to another cup. Yeah, yeah. Heaven ball. Like, I don't. It looks kind of weird, but you know, yeah, too many, I kick it pretty well. There's too many rugby union people in it. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's, he's got to go back to union over there. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's game, like it's, it's true. It's the game they play in heaven. It's, it's like right. that scene in the South Park where you know, like, you know, they're all trying to get into heaven, and it's like you know, they, like, whoever <laughs> says, yeah, oh, the correct answer was Mormons. Sorry, <laughs> it's like that. Poor it's a shame you turn up at heaven and they're playing unions. Like, oh god, <laughs> they, were cor- they were correct. That's what all the ghosts are doing. They're trying to get back to the rugby league world. So, who do you who, who interests you? Who do you find fascinating? Oh, it interests me. Not from um, the magazine's perspective, from yours. My perspective. If, if you were, if you were doing our magazine for you, who who would the reader want to read about, and who would you? Sorry, want to... sorry. Run me through that again. Who would which? person in rugby league do you find really interesting are we talking about me personally yeah, or, yeah, you know? yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll edit this out because I've just confused it alright who, who do you want to interview in league that you've always found would be really interesting and you're, and you're intrigued by well Tommy of course yeah it's, uh, there's always a bit of yeah <laughs> Tommy yeah Tommy yeah, Rathonicus, like, oh, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anything, anything. Yeah. It's, it's always, it's always good fun that you know whatever, oh. whatever comes out of his mouth. I thought you were going to say Tom, the guy who works here, who no, no. dresses up in Canterbury clothes every single day. I can interview him. I'll go upstairs right now. <laughs> he would be a good interview. We should get him on the pod. <laughs> yeah. Should. In fact, in, in advance of uh, oh. the the preview next year, like you know. This is a story we've got to table for next time, but he gave us he gave us rubbish over you know, over over what we did in our preview. I, I avoid the guy. We made, we made a mistake. This is a story we'll save for for next year. <laughs> I avoid the guy between um, our season preview and the quizzes party. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, putting, all... I'm putting it to Tom. That, yes, he's going to be on the pod. He's going to be on the pod next year. So Tommy Rodonikus. Tommy Rodonikus. That's is always, great. Is, is always good fun. Um, cool. I'm, I'm trying to yeah. What's the what's the other? That's fantastic. I'm trying, I'm trying to give. I'm trying to give a. I'm, I'm provided. I'm about to let you off the hook for that answer. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Game over. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's let's. It's a little bit unfair because now you got to process everything. Yeah, let, let, let's go now. I, I will. Yeah, I will. I will keep thinking. Maybe maybe something. Uh, maybe yeah. Kind of a figure that's a bit more contemporary as well. But uh, all right. Yeah. Like, I, I, I find I'm given to whenever he says something. I am drawn to read. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> he's just like opening a vault, isn't he? Like, what would what would nineteen seventy five think? Mm. You're gonna ask Tommy. Ah, oh, right. soft. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right. that's right. <laughs> uh, okay. What so is the is there a correct answer? No, no. You said there was a there no, was no, a no. Um, and I'm not going to answer it because I can pretty much go and do whatever I want. I can pretty much yeah. The freedom that you have working here is who needs to be interviewed. Oh, that person. I'm going to try and talk to him. And then I can I can just do it. It's oh, can we go beyond the grave again with any of these issues? Yeah, definitely. Jack Gibson. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. 
he's the man, isn't he? Yeah. He's the... like it'd be, it'd be interesting to kind of pick his brain, like what fantastic, you know, kind of what he, um, yeah. Well, there's one obviously that you got to do this year, which plainly is, I think, is a, is a must, and that's Roy Masters. Yeah, Roy. Really, yeah. yeah, that's, that's plainly, um, plainly uh, the men in and around that ilk. So. Yeah, there is a um. Before we started getting into the podcast, I, I interviewed Roy, but I um, recorded the phone conversation on loudspeaker with the beauty of um, audacity and that sort of thing. I should clean the interview up mm. and publish it on the, on the podcast because. I was mesmerised. Yeah. I, I was a spectator in this interview that I was doing with Roy. Yeah. I was just like, can you just keep That's talking? always fun when you're like, yeah. you just kind of, yeah, you kind of hit that flow where the flow state where, you know, you are kind of, you're probably not doing your, your readers or your listeners the proper service, but, you know, no, it's true. always, it is the great, it is the best fun that we have in doing this job, I find. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, fantastic. All right. So that was fun, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I don't think we cleaned it, cleared anything up at all. <laughs> obscured more of yeah. I wonder what the listeners are going to think. Uh, yeah, I think they think we're jubilees anyway. So. Yes, that's right. So um, had to get it out of me, <laughs> out of us. I don't want to speak for James. Out of myself. Out of, out of you. Yeah. So um, all year we've been saying what the most rugby league thing we did, and uh, what we're most looking forward to. So th- this this week we or last week I asked you guys to say you can uh, join in the fun, and uh, has some we had some fantastic responses. As always, we'll get into them right now. Uh, so, kicking off first uh, was Wild Man, um, the most rugby league thing you did in 2018. Listen to this. Went to a cop shop with a client who was being charged with major fraud offences. It's already started well. <laughs> um, OIC, officer in charge, uh, had an eels key ring. The client, OIC and myself, all talked about how bad it went for the eels this year. While well, the interview tape kept rolling, it's all on the record now for the DPP. That's it. There's nothing's going to be that. That might be the best submission we've gotten all year for all this. No question. Brilliant. That is awesome. Uh, Nathan, most rugby league thing I did in 2018 was moving to my new house without any outdoor furniture. Looking forward to seeing if Des still has it in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barge, Mr. Barjas, uh, drunk a whole uh, lot of booze while watching footy. Uh, telling the bunker they're wrong and making smart-ass jokes on the internet. Also met up with a host of legendary uh, footy fans and had a ball doing it all. I'll do it, do it all again and more in 2019. I think he's referring to um, uh, other podcasts have these meetups. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so we should, we should try and do something like that. Copy them. Just blatantly copy them. Blatant copy. Yeah. All right. uh, Pursuit of Hoppiness. So the most rugby league thing I did in 2018, the most rugby league thing I did in 2018 was ensure my employer that I was committed and then moved on elsewhere. <laughs> Looking forward uh, uh, to a favourite um, for the top four to fail to make the semis. Hashtag you're killing me with it. <laughs> uh, Big Juice says spotted Valentine Holmes sitting near me at a Lakers game in LA a few weeks ago. There you go. That is, this is a really good bunch of responses. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Went up behind him and yelled, Queenslander, and said, G'day, slash, sh- shook his hand. He wasn't all that impressed, and I walked away awkwardly. That's I wonder if this is pre or... This must have been before the announcement. Yeah, When he was still been. in the US. Like, like yeah. plainly, like, you know, there was some foreshadowing there. <laughs> Are we sure that Big Juice isn't Marcus Bontempelli's, you know, Twitter handle? <laughs> His Twitter handle is heaps drunk. Heaps drunk. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, the Warrior. The Warrior. 2018 waged endless hashtag code war against AFL gronks and called plenty of journalists 
F wits, earning my hashtag blocked by buzz badge late in the year. In 2019, um, less colourful language slash attention on gronks inside or outside the sport and more focus on the great slash humorous aspects of rugby league. Great servant for the game, karate. Uh, One-eyed tiger says, in 2018, I attended a rare NRL game in Sydney. Uh, it happened to be the Easter Monday game and even rarer, witnessed a Tigers win. In 2019, I'm most looking forward to attending two Tigers games at Suncorp and three days worth of Magic Weekends games live. It will be epic. There you go. Fantastic answer, mm. One-Eyed Tiger. Uh, Jay Dwight, um, 2018. Uh, he, uh, meeting JT at our bookstore was a highlight. A top guy who still seems surprised at the adoration fans have for him uh, and buying my Toronto Wolfpack jersey. Support uh, new rugby league frontiers. Uh, in 2019, Magic Weekend, um, have my flights booked and tickets for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm telling you, this the, it's amazing how this is becoming kind of a bit of a, a, a linchpin for for next year. Isn't like, it? You know, what could just be a normal round of games? Yeah, just another slate of games is now becoming a thing that you know. Absolutely. That, that, yeah, people are really getting excited about and driving towards. Yeah, it's, yeah it, it it was yeah, it's one thing that always made sense, and now it's great that you know that. Um, It'll be great if actually the the, the sport you know, the, the fans actually get out and support it. Like yeah. just give it just give it an extra push because yeah that's um, yeah it, it'll reward the faith um, yeah that, that that you need to actually try ventures like this. Absolutely yeah it's, Origin's a little bit like that isn't yeah. it? Origin allows everybody to take part and yeah. so, so is this. Uh, Victoria says the most rugby league thing I did this year was creating a rugby league blog in at top eight bottom eight. Um, and I'm most looking forward to Para hopefully not getting the spoon. That, that's a great... Keep up and Victoria. Yeah, that's a fantastic um, hope. Uh, Stuart McLennan, coaching my Greek rugby league team, the Aris Eagles, in a Balkan Super League game versus Partizan uh, in Belgrade. It'll be more exciting than our lives, isn't it? <laughs> 2019 will be... Uh, continuing to build our women's rugby league here in Athens. Disco, we got to get in touch. Yeah, Disco. That's a, that's a really good today. Huh? He actually has yeah, taught you and kind of put me onto that before, but that is a, that's, a, that's a neat little story. Yeah, we'll be doing it. Yeah. Uh, Brett Doherty, Steelers legend, who we've had on the show earlier this year, and Wes, uh, helped recreate a whole new competition um, out in the bush that had folded 12 years ago. Looking forward to seeing how it goes next year. Brilliant. That is good work. Yeah. That is really good work. He's another one worth That is doing. the most rugby league thing you probably could do. It's a competition, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Nice work, Brett. Uh, Gareth Williams says, I got carried away, carried away by um, Wakefield Trinity Rugby League, winning their first six games on the bounce. So I bought an away shirt and had it mailed over to Perth. Then I looked um, on in horror as we lost something like nine out of the next 11 games. So it was the shirt. <laughs> Always the shirt, right? Yeah. Mr. Brown um, uh, attended a match upon which I yelled out, they've been doing it all day when the first penalty was blown within the opening set. <laughs> nice one, Mr. Brown. Uh, Carsten Brum, is it Brum or Brum? Um, flew to the test match at Anfield and visited my favourite amateur rugby league club in England. I look forward to watching some matches in London and the Catalans versus Wigan fixture at Camp Nou. Is that how you say that? That's right. Brilliant. See, I'm a cultured bloke. Barcelona? Why yeah. Not? Yeah. We can fix you at Camp Nou and a rugby league trip to the Leeds area and a trip to Oz for the grand final. 
You know what Camp New translates to, James? Uh, no. What? New Camp. <laughs> nice. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> Here's the Simpsons reference. Mono means one and rail means rail. <laughs> Love it. Jeffrey Smith says, I uh, played footy with my grandson for the first time in the backyard. See, that's a massive memory too. Like, yeah. It's, I love hearing Did you wrestle with him on the bottom of the rug yet? <laughs> Not with his screen. Put him son. on his back, dominated, <laughs> pushed off his face. Then you learn. Penalty, that's, how, that's how he really learned about rugby. Penalty doing it all day. Yep. Joel Weidler got blocked by Buzz. Good highlight. <laughs> Good story there. You nice. see the common thread with a lot of my tweets. You yeah. know? I love it. Yeah, people get blocked by him, and then it's like, I got blocked by Buzz. And it's like, oh, where else can I go? Oh, those two guys are totally <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you're getting blocked by Buzz and everyone gets blocked by him, is that an achievement anymore? Or do you have to, yeah, as you say, get blocked by somebody else to make it? I don't know. I don't know how Twitter works. No, neither do I. <laughs> I should get off it. Daniel Watson Hayes says, as an interstate New South Wales plus store member, uh, road tripping to Melbourne for the World Cup, World Club Challenge and Anzac Day, attending all New South Wales away games and ticking um, off the bucket list. Adelaide Oval, flying down to South Australia for the one-point thriller against the Roosters. Mm, Fantastic. Yep. One fuck all. Um, while, whilst on a recent flight, I discovered that Tina Turner's greatest hits was featured in the in-flight entertainment. After singing along to Simply the Best, I found myself rewriting We Don't Need Another Hero with a rugby league theme. <laughs> where, where are the lyrics? Send them in, one. God, solid bunch. I, I don't think I can give the prof award away this this week no there were there were three really good ones in there there's three more to come oh yeah, shit finished over I, the thought page. Fin- I thought you'd finished i thought you'd finished i know you more gold i've just uh, i've dotted norenberg's <laughs> yeah <laughs> former canberra man um, fellow canberra man craig norenberg says i wore my retro woodgers raiders canberra jersey at my 50th party great photos forever got to celebrate a milestone with class that's just gold. That's great. I wore my um, Panthers retro jersey to your 40th. That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. The you theme just... was what you wanted to be when you grew up. <laughs> yeah. So James wanted to be, I guess, a 1980s you know, Panthers player. <laughs> and somebody had to explain to him backwards. <laughs> it's never going to happen. I'm mm. heartbroken. Uh, King of Hands says, I bought gold membership and attended zero games. Good effort. <laughs> Um, attended one Tigers game and one predicted non Tigers game. One non Tigers <laughs> game and predicted we would win the comp by one point. Still valid for twenty nineteen. That's nice stuff. I read he said I bought gold and I was like thinking, is this one of those guys who's worried that you know the economy's going to collapse or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah, no, no, okay. no worries there. Yeah. Um, and finally, Andy Hallam signed my father-in-law up to a Knights membership. He's a doggies man. Then I, I bought- how many, can I stop you right there? I yeah. wonder how many people do that. Yeah, it'd be pretty funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> if, we, if we found out like 25% of all club memberships in the country were done by, you know, like done by people who are trying to just, you know, get up the nose of, you know. And not only that, right, tick all the boxes. Do you want to receive emails, update emails every day? There's two, there's, there's, yeah, there's two components, Text right, messages, yeah. To club membership. One, like those, those ones where you're trying to just, you know, Kind of yeah, scurrilous ones that you're trying to you know, kind of annoy like you know people who you know are fans of other clubs, or uh, babies 
or kind of recent immigrants or things like that, and you're trying to claim them oh, yeah. for the club, you know, yeah. like, you know, get, get them on into an allegiance before they actually figure out who they really want to support. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's, that's my, uh, the two components of club membership and, you know, that uh, I'm curious uh, what proportion of the overall membership base they constitute. How would you market that? Send one of our memberships to someone that you hate. <laughs> yeah. We've got to get. We've got to find oh. someone within the club setup who basically has yeah. yeah, dealt with this issue because I'm, I'm pretty sure that yeah that, oh, that's there. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so Andy continues. Uh, so um, signed my father up, father-in-law up to a Knights membership. He's a doggies man. Then I bought a Knights bumper. Then I bought Knights bumper stickers and plastered them all over his ute. It was well worth the money, considering considering doing it again next year. Oh, no. oh, you must love you, Andy. You must <laughs> must really love having you around, mate. Yeah. Wait, wait for all the Canterbury stuff that's going to be flowing you around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Escalation. That was fun. It was good hearing about uh, what everyone's going to be. That was better than all the things we did regularly. This it year. was. It was. Thank you. Thank you. I want to know what happened with the you know the guy who won the fraud charge. Yeah. Um, yeah, you like the, you know, I, and I'm curious, like, you know, we find out, oh, some, some third party deal roared in a salary cap cheating. <laughs> and then I go to that interview and... and it was actually yeah. someone from within the, within the Yields organisation. Oh, right. Sorry, oh, I shouldn't yeah. say those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we'll get, we're going to get towards the end. Um, I just wanted to say a few thank yous yeah. for... Uh, this is the you know, kind of the things we, we, we shouldn't forget. Anything we've forgotten, and this is the one that we shouldn't forget. Good this. point, yeah, yeah. So this, this year really launched into player interviews, and we wanted to add another dimension to the podcast. So uh, a lot, lot of these people um, I cold-called and contacted on Twitter, and they had no, no reason to say yes you know, to an interview. They weren't going to get paid for it. It was for a regularly nerdy podcast, but they all said yes, and they all... We're really, really happy to uh, to participate in it. Um, so I just want to thank Nick Zisti, Kevin Campion, um, Brett Doherty, Nathan Cleary, Jordan Maylata, who I uh, actually interviewed for the magazine, but we doubled up. Um, lovely fella. Uh, Benny Eichen, Greg Florimo, Royce Simmons. Royce Cartwright. Yeah, <laughs> Royce Cartwright. Uh, Tiffany Slater, head of the NRLW, um, author Alan Whitaker, uh, union legend Mark Eller, who I... I forgot was just a part of a rugby league family growing up that the yellow boys were uh he reminded me about all that and then ron coot uh it was really funny with all those um interviews yes, so mm-hmm. yeah it was true and um also wanted to thank um uh people like um albie tallarico who filled in for yourself yes for two weeks while you were and hopefully off. didn't do too well <laughs> he did a really good job oh god really really good <laughs> job mate <laughs> obsolescence you see obsolescence coming. he sends me dms on twitter all the time asking if you're still okay and are you looking ill or yeah, the poison isn't working yet <laughs> no, no that's right uh and of course to our massive um team of really loyal listeners we really appreciate everything that you guys do as far as getting the word out karate warrior 2 is an absolute star uh jay dwight is another one who answers all our questions and and says how good our podcast is going and that kind of thing troy warner aj mithen um we mentioned him before james cheeseman mr brown cuz 888 (laughs) the uh the um henderson gill disciple (laughs) Paul Michael Craig, ex-Hull Kiwi, Juan Farkall, Pythago NRL, your mate. My mate. 
and um, Stuart My man Mc- who I've never met. <laughs> That's right. And Stuart McLennan. Um, I've missed out uh, people there, but th- th- they were the ones that just quickly came to mind. Um, and um, I want to give a shout out to Anthony Brand as well. I'm yes, not, not sure whether we mentioned him enough. On yeah, absolutely. But, but he um, only when Manly's doing doing badly, <laughs> which generally would be all the time now. But you know, <laughs> that's right. Um, his his band uh, came up with the theme music for our show uh, um, when he was part of the team. He, he said, "Why don't you just use my band's music?" So um, th- it's from Unearthed. So if you get on Google and Google Anthony Brand. Triple J unearthed borderline. borderline. You'll be able to hear the whole version borderline. of that. The, the, the song actually yeah. is about rugby league. <laughs> it's about state of origin. It's about playing on an oil. It's about rig. how the borderline is irrelevant to state of origin. <laughs> and that's why, yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> cool. about great Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, yeah. That was his whole inspiration. Um, but, yeah, thanks to um, Anthony uh, for continuing us to uh, um, let, let us use that. That music, it's very, very cool. Um, mate, I've, I don't think I have any anything left. I'm kind of all rugby league out Rug, for the rugby year. Rugby league out? Yeah. How, what about long, how, long, how long does it take you to kind of get back into, yeah, back mm. into the, yeah. Uh, yeah, ask me again tomorrow. Build up, build up the reserves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Christmas is normally lots of cricket and warm weather and lots of doing nothing. And you bring... when, do you feel, when do you feel real, real itch? <laughs> You're one of the guys who've gotten more excited about the Auckland Nines than I've ever come across because it's just there's just that sense that yeah you're beginning to probably yeah first week of January. <laughs> <laughs> I love the game. I, I reckon the older I get, the more I love it. Mm. Yeah, I, I seem to have blocked out a lot of other sports. You know how you grow up in Australia and you know yeah. a little bit about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The older I get, the more more into it I get, and it's fun. It's it's a fun thing for me. So yeah. I must, I must admit, I, I, it actually isn't too soon after the new year that I, I tend to feel the same way. I feel like kind of the end of the cricket summer is getting worse and worse. Yeah. Like you don't, if you're it not seems really to hang to, around, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So then I, I, but here's the funny thing. <laughs> We're talking about it hanging around. It hasn't even started yet. It hasn't even started yet. yet. <laughs> but, you know, so here's my, here's my thing, though. And this is why I, I kind of I was driving, uh, t- t- talking about conferences or my other hobby horse that you're shortening the season. Yeah. I find the season goes too long. I find I fall out of love with it, like kind of about, um, yeah, somewhere through the middle, particularly uh, kind of club games. I, I feel it kind yeah. of drags a bit. But, you know. Um, You've always talked about that three seasons in one, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I do wonder if, if, if there was no origin, how it would really feel? Because that's where kind of it's uh, the great thing, I guess, about mid-season origins. It does drive the interest kind of yeah, back up. It's like this parallel thing that uh, yeah. that kind of re-emerges. But um, yeah, yeah, it, um, yeah, it uh, it's really become emergent. Like like just really just immediately after the new year, there is a until like the kind of the year-long stuff. So when I say the year-long stuff, things like you know motor racing or you know kind of um anything that happens in a calendar year which generally starts in march yeah it does kind of yeah there does tend to be a bit of a gap yeah um, yeah it uh yeah looking yeah already kind of uh already looking forward to it coming back cool thanks very much for the year mate no thank you sir you you know james (laughs) actually it has to in in the round of thanks that are going around one the the major thanks has to be offered to james because he actually drives 
kind of the uh, the production of this of this party does all the organization. I just turn up and talk. <laughs> is that a surprise to anybody who listens to this? <laughs> yeah. I just come in here and just offload whatever is kind of on my mind. And it doesn't even have to be kind of rugby league kind of. But my yeah, my purpose here, I think, is to kind of you know to interrogate the beautiful rugby league mind of, of James Smith. That's that's the kind of the purpose of uh, uh, of dead end goal. And yeah, it's uh, it's uh, if um, yeah, kind of. This is out there, yeah, you know, because of because of him. So you know, yeah, direct your uh, direct your your applause or your um, your complaints appropriately. Uh, all right, guys, we'll um, have a good summer and uh, we'll catch you later on.